Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. Y'all excuse me, my throat is exceptionally dry today. I have been drinking water non-stop and it doesn't seem to be helping any. <clears throat> Y'all ever get that feeling like you just need to drink some water? I've been drinking water for two days and it's like I hadn't even put a dent in it. So I must have been pretty bad off. <laughs> but anyway, we'll see if we can get there. Matthew chapter 6. And I've done forgotten my verse. It's going to be one of them nights, y'all. Just hang on. <laughs> Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. <clears throat> Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fast, anointest thy head, and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. <clears throat> now this was... There's really nothing specific in this verse that I want to hit on, but we've got others. But I just wanted to open the door here and get you in the right frame of mind as to what Jesus is talking about, His ideal of fasting, right? And so we're not doing this for any kind of attention. You know, He didn't really say there to keep it a secret necessarily. I don't think it's a, a wrong thing to tell somebody that you're fasting, but it's the attitude that goes along with it. You know, if it just came down to it, somebody said, hey, why don't you come eat with us? You know, it would be a lie to say, well... I'm just not hungry. See, that wouldn't be right. But you can say, well, I'm, I don't want to go out right now. I've, I'm actually fasting right now. So it, it's okay to say that. But don't be, oh I'm, oh, I'm fasting. You know, you don't have to have that kind of an attitude when you're doing it. And that's what Jesus was trying to steer people away from because these hypocrites He talked about would would try to make it so that everyone knew that they're fasting, so they could see the great sacrifice they were making for God. And that's not what we're trying to do. You see, that sacrifice we're going to make in fasting is not for other people. It's for us. It's for us to get our flesh into submission to the Spirit. That's where we want to head. So, let's look at a couple things tonight. And... If this is a little too much of a, a teaching session for you, I apologize. But this is the way it's going to go tonight. I've got some points I want to hit, and I think they're they're pretty uh, relevant. I think there's a lot of people that don't really understand what it means to fast. They don't understand what to expect. They don't understand what's going to be involved in it. So I want to be sure to clear up any of that we can. First of all, when you start to fast, expect resistance. I touched on this a little bit this morning. <clears throat> there is power in praying and fasting. When you begin to put the flesh into submission to the Spirit, guess what? The Spirit man gets stronger. 
That is not what the devil wants to see. He wants to see your spiritual nature weak and feeble. Why? So that he has control over you. So that you don't pose a threat to him. That's not where we want to be. That's not where we're supposed to be. Jesus said that we're... I'm sorry, it wasn't Jesus, but I think it was Paul. He said we're made more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. The enemy does not easily give up his territory. This is key because this is what this church is going to be doing. Claiming back God's kingdom, His territory. We've got to go into the enemy's area, his territory, to take it back. Imagine that. Having to get down where the devil lives to take it back. You can't fight a fight on somebody else's ground and expect to take theirs. You've got to go where they are. Right? So expect him to want to fight for it. Okay? I found this on a a website, and I thought it was really good. When Satan attacks us, he has several goals in mind. First one is to draw us away from God. The second one is to thwart God's purpose in our lives. The third is to deny God the glory and honor He deserves. And four is to destroy us. That's what Satan's goal is when he attacks us, right? Y'all, that's where I feel like I have been for several months. I feel like I'm just at, I feel like I've been defeated. But not anymore. No. That's not where I'm going to live. That's not where God chose to put me, right? We are made the head, not the tail. That's what the word says. Above only. Now, y'all understand that? Above only and not beneath. That's who we are in Christ. We're victorious because of what Jesus did. He broke all the bonds. He set us free. He won all the battles. He did it all. He has all power. And that's who we serve. So, expect resistance. The next thing is, we're going to fast as a group. Now... I fasted a few times in my life, but it's always been just me by myself. And that's sometimes that's what you got to do. Sometimes it's a personal thing you're dealing with that you have to fast for to get the victory in it. But this thing that we're going to be fasting for is not just for individual needs. This is for our church. Listen, this is the life of our church we're fighting for here. Do you all understand that? Because we can keep gathering on a weekly basis and see what God does in a small way, or we can become victorious in Jesus Christ and overcome the obstacles that the devil has set in our path that seem to hold us back. Now, I don't want to be that kind of mediocre kind of existence in my Christian life. I want to have it reign victoriously with Jesus. I want to overcome that stuff. I don't know about you. But I've got things in my life that have always been a hindrance to me. Always. And you know, the the carnal side of me says they always will. 
That's what the devil wants to tell me, is that that will always be a problem you have to fight. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. You know, David didn't ever have to go back and fight Goliath again. Uh Uh-uh. No, when he slayed that giant, he cut his head off. He put an end to him. There wasn't no going back and having to fight Goliath again because he come back to haunt him. No, he put him to death. And that's what I want to do. Any kind of problem, any kind of hindrance, any kind of place that Satan thinks he can attack me, I want to squash that thing and get it out of my life. Purge. Purge. Wipe from all existence. Now that's on a personal level. How does that apply to our church? Well, let me think about it. You get a few people together with a few problems that they have to keep fighting. Guess what? Everybody's having to deal with those problems in an indirect manner now. How does that affect you when I have a problem? Well, I'm going to tell you what. When I'm fighting a battle and I come to church and I got to preach to you, you're not getting what you could be getting. You're getting just a small sampling of it because I'm not operating at the full capacity I could because I'm fighting battles on the side. But if I got that stuff out of my way and I become stronger in the Spirit, I get to a point where I can set that stuff out of my path so easily because I'm, I'm keeping my spirit man fed, not my carnal man. I'm better and more effective for everybody else here. Now you think, okay, well that's great, you're a pastor, but that don't have anything to do with me. You're wrong. See, you may not have a a major active role that's visible in this church, but I guarantee you, you have a role. And I guarantee you, if you ain't doing what you should be doing, praying for me, praying for Sunday school teachers, praying for those that are coming in visitors welcoming them in, or even fighting those battles that don't happen here in the church. Maybe it's somebody else out there you're praying for. Somebody you work with. Somebody you see. Somebody in your family. When you're fighting battles that ain't pertaining to them, who's taking care of them? You see, you're not being as effective as you can. I don't care who you are sitting here today. You're not as effective as you could be. You can always do better. So we're going to fast as a group. We're going to pull this together and unify. Matthew 18 and 19. Jesus said, Again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. That's what we're going to do. We're going to agree. We're going to touch this thing. Whatever it is in our lives that holds us back and hinders us and besets us. You know that sin that so easily besets us that the Word tells us about? I'm tired of it, y'all. Tired of being a victim. It's not going to happen anymore. So we're going to come together as a group because there's power in numbers. There's power in unity. God seems to somehow, I don't know why, He seems to want to show up when His people get together and call on His name. Do you understand that? 
What were those people doing on the day of Pentecost? They were gathered together of one mind and one accord, praying, seeking God, waiting for Him to send the promise. Y'all, I want a promise. I want to gather together and receive a promise from God. I want Him, I want to call on His name until He shows up. Right? When we get together and unify, we're of one mind and one accord, in accordance with God's will. Listen, this ain't something some guy made up. This is the Word of God. The Word of God tells us that we can come together and unify like that and fast and pray and expect to see results. That's a promise. Solid rock. The next thing is we're going to fast with a purpose. So before we go into it, you need to ask yourself a question. Why am I fasting? That's pretty simple, ain't it? That's a pretty easy question. You let me know when you find the answer. Because I can't give you a real clear-cut answer right now why I'm going to. But I know I feel a leading and an impression from God, and I'm going to do it. But my first answer is that I want to see where God wants to take this church. And I know we can't do it while we got sin in our life. I know we can't do it while we've got other things that take priority over Him. So that's what I want to do. That's my goal, is to set everything else aside and focus on Him for a brief time. However brief it may be, it may just be a few days, it may be a week, we'll determine that. And that's the next thing. How long are you going to fast? You've got to determine this ahead of time. Because see, I'm going to tell you all, every time I've ever fasted, and I'm not telling you all this to brag at all, because I really have never been that great at it. But every time I've ever fasted, it never fails. That is the day somebody's going to come and invite me to go eat lunch. Expect resistance, right? Expect resistance. And that's the day that I'm going to come home because I hadn't said anything to my wife about it. She's going to have cooked a big meal. And I'd feel guilty for not eating this meal, right? Well, I did fast for breakfast and lunch today. That's probably that's probably good enough, right? See, how long are you going to fast? If you determine ahead of time, I'm going three days. I'm going four days. I'm doing, I'm doing all of this day and then I'm going to fast for lunch the rest of the week. Whatever it is you're going to do, you need to determine ahead of time so that when Satan begins to pose that resistance to you, he begins to put obstacles in your path, you can say, no, my goal is on the other side. My goal is for three days. I'm not going to give up at one day, a day and a half. Two days is not what I said. Two days at midnight is not what I said. I said three days. That's what we've got to do is be determined about what we promise to God. God is not slack concerning His promises is what the Word says. But I tell you all what, I have been too slack concerning my promises to Him for too long. It's time that when we get together and decide we're going to do something, we need to determine what it is we're going to do and not give up till we get it done. That's what God does with us. 
When He says, I'm going to do this, you can count on that's what He's going to do. It's going to be fulfilled the way He said it's going to be fulfilled. may not be in your timing, but it's going to be in His. And it's going to be done right. But for some reason, when Kevin promises something, Kevin finds ways out of it. Well, two days up to midnight, that's, that's pretty, pretty much three days. I know I started at eight on the first day, but midnight on the night before, that's, we're into the third day, right? Isn't that pathetic? That's what I, that's what I tell myself. I start coming up with all kinds of nonsense like that. I don't know where it comes from, y'all. That's just how I was made. I don't know. It's flesh. And the devil will kind of feed that a little every now and then because he knows my flesh will buckle. It's because my flesh is stronger than my spirit. That's what the purpose of this is, is to build our spirit. Y'all, we don't have enough spirit in this church. We don't have enough people full of the Holy Ghost. We don't have enough people desiring even the Holy Ghost. Why is the Holy Ghost so important? You know, you could ask people from all kinds of different churches and get all kinds of different answers. Some of them might even say He's not important. But I'm here to tell y'all today... That is our source of power. The source of power and strength. The only one. You cannot make it without Him in this Christian life. You will not be victorious in in your Christian life without being filled with the Holy Ghost and have power to, to reach to. You'll spend the rest of your life wading through carnal problems. You've got to have access to something greater than you. You see, I don't have it in myself. I don't have it. I could go about doing whatever it is I think I need to do to make things happen, and I guarantee you I'm going to fail when it comes to trying to make things happen for God. Because He don't want it done in the flesh. He wants it done in the Spirit. Because when you do those kind of things, what did I tell you all a while ago that the devil wants to do? He wants to rid any, any kind of semblance of honor and glory to God. He wants to get rid of that. He don't want there to be an opportunity for somebody to say, this happened because God did it. That's why He wants you operating in the flesh. But when you operate in the Spirit... There ain't nothing you can do but give God glory. When something happens, all you can do is say, "Uh uh-uh, it wasn't me. That was God. That ain't nothing I can do. There ain't no way that I could do that. God had to be involved. You have to give God the glory when it happens. Satan doesn't want that to happen. He doesn't want anybody to ever hear the name of Jesus. Isaiah 58 and 6. Is not this the fast 
that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens. Now, y'all just chime in any time this seems to apply to you. To undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, that you break every yoke. Man, that's what we need to be fasting for. See, it ain't just for me. I, look, one of my goals is I want closer to God, right? But that ain't just for me. It ain't just because I want to feel some kind of warm, fuzzy feeling. It ain't just for me. I want to be close to God so I can help somebody else. I get a far off from Him. My source of power. What's that source of power for? It ain't just for me. It's so I can help somebody else. Because ain't nothing going to flow unless it's full. Right? You ever poured water into a glass and you don't pour all of it in there and it's just half full? Nothing spills out of it, does it? But when you fill it to overflowing, things begin to spill out all over the floor and everything else. That's how I want to be. Why? My cup's already full, right? But if it's spilling over onto somebody else, if somebody else gets a little taste of what God has done for me, it might turn them around. They might see something. Oh, heaven forbid they see Jesus in me. Oh, no, we can't have that. Let them see Jesus in you some. You can't see Jesus in somebody that ain't full. All you're going to see is fleshly works because the flesh is the one that's in control. But when you get full, man, I got to go back and get full, y'all. I got to go back and get filled up every now and then. I can't just think that's going to last. You fill your car up every now and then, don't you? Because you use some of that. I have to fill mine too often. If there's anybody sitting here tonight that said, oh, well, I stay pretty full most of the time. What in the world are you doing with it? Because see, mine gets used up. Mine gets used up. I want some extra. I want to get full and then have some extra I can put on somebody else. Right? We got to fast, y'all. We got to fast. We got to get down to the point where we tear off everything that don't need to be there, every kind of hindrance, every kind of weight, every kind of heavy burden. Get it out and get it gone. <clears throat> I remember when I was in high school, I played a little bit of baseball. I wasn't ever all that great at it, but I played. And I remember one of the tricks. When you was getting ready to bat, you'd see people taking, you see them do this on TV. They'll take two or three bats. And they'll get up there swinging and warming up. And then when they go to actually bat, they throw all the other ones down and they just got that one. Why do they do that? You ever thought about it? That one seems a whole lot easier to swing than three or four, don't it? And they get rid of that heavy burden, all of a sudden, boy, they can swing that one like there ain't no tomorrow. When you get rid of them heavy burdens, 
I guarantee you, when you start dropping the spiritual weight, you get all of that other stuff out of the way, and you begin to feast and dine on the Word of God, you will see all of a sudden, you feel about 20 pounds lighter. And you begin to think, oh, I've got power now. I can do something for God because I'm not weighed down by all the crap and filth that this world has to put in me. You get all of that out, all of a sudden, you feel kind of strong and... and, and jumpy. I remember there was an old saying, the guy said, you know, when you was kind of talking trash to each other, you say, you feel froggy, we'll leap. You know, you get kind of jumpy, like you want to fight or something. We need to get to feeling kind of froggy, y'all. Get a little bounce in our step. We need to start looking for some fights, y'all. Looking for opportunities to fight Satan. I ain't saying you need to go into places that you know Satan resides. I'm saying you need to start looking for opportunities to get him out of your life first of all, and then start looking for people that you can fight for. These people need some help. They need somebody. Oh, they need they need Christians is what they need. And there's too many. Christians today that don't know what it means to fight. They don't know what it means to fast and pray. They've forgotten the, what the sincere milk of the Word of God is. They forgot all those the foundational things that were taught to them when they were saved. And just like that Word this morning said, God, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. We need to get back to the basic beginnings of Christianity. Understand what it means to be a Christian. What it means to be redeemed. Thank God. And begin to serve from there. Let's forget everything in between. Let's just go back to the beginning. The way we started. The way we should have been living. And go from there forward. God needs people that are willing to stand up for Him, and fight for those that don't know any better. They're walking around aimlessly in the darkness. They don't know what's tripping them up. They don't know what they stumble, the Word says. Somebody's got to show them light. If it ain't us, who's going to do it? If it ain't us, who's going to do it? You know who? Satan's going to show them some light. It's going to look like light anyway. It's pleasurable for a season. They'll think, oh, this is the best thing. You wouldn't believe what I just found. Man, this Scientology is just awesome. Everything just fits me just perfect. I don't know where where it's been all my life. And all of a sudden, their life is in ruins. All of a sudden, there's nothing but destruction in their path because Satan is in control. The flesh is in control. Those things feed the flesh. They, they seem to feed the Spirit at first. But you know what? Marijuana seems to feed the Spirit at first. Alcohol seems to feed the Spirit. It seems to make you feel better. But then the consequences come. There ain't no consequences for this. There's nothing but benefit. I believe it's in Psalm 68. It says that, Every day, God gives us benefits. Every day. Heard a man say that the worst day of your life was full of benefits. 
See, that's what the Word says. Now, you, you might not feel like there was any benefits on that day, but I'm here to tell you what the Word says, not how you feel. And the Word says that every day is full of benefits from God. Yeah.